guys. Beer. Sports. Join Sean and Brad as they talk about sports and share a beer. From the east coast of Canada to the west coast of the United States. Over to you, boys. What's up, Sean? What's up, Brad? Good, good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, uh, everyone that's watching in, hey, welcome to episode zero. We're going to call this uh, Guys Beer Sports. So I'm Brad and uh, my counterpart over there is Sean. And, uh, you know, we work on a uh, different coast. So I'm in the Pacific Northwest, I'm on the West Coast. Sean's in beautiful Nova Scotia uh, on the East Coast. And so we talk quite a bit uh, back and forth. Uh, and so today we're going to give you a little background of who we are as sports fans, what shaped us. Uh, and our goal really is just to have a way to share beer. And so. Uh, we're gonna have fun doing it. We uh, hope y'all have a beer with us and share it uh, today. Uh, I've, I got a beer that I feel like fits our topic. Uh, it's Rogue's Dreamland from down the road, me in Newport, Oregon. So, uh, Sean, what are you drinking? Well, first off, I want to say a big sociable to everybody out here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Sociable. I am drinking from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, twenty-nine Waverly Road, Dirty Blonde from Nine Locks brewery uh it's like a taste of summer in my mouth it's an american wisen with canadian barley and wheat and uh literally it's like i'm drinking liquid sunshine it's man so it's just good. like this podcast right like it's uh, a little <laughs> bit american a little bit canadian a lot of sunshine that is it, it. yeah <laughs> okay so i think today we want to talk about uh, the things that shape us right that that's kind of the, where we're gonna go and so um uh, John, you want to start with where you uh, where you come from? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, as you can tell right now, I'm wearing a Blue Jays jersey. I'm everything Toronto because, unfortunately, it is the center of Canada, okay? I would almost say probably the center of the universe, but well, a lot of people will disagree, um, <laughs> especially Montrealers. No problems. You guys are ahead of us right now in the playoffs. What I do want to say here, though, is that, I mean, basically, being a Toronto fan – Sometimes I feel that we are conditioned to lose. I feel like Pavlov's dogs that were like so in tune with his master's uh, bell that they would salivate there at that. You know, they're sitting there, ding, 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 ding. Same thing. You're looking at a 4 nothing score and you know you're not safe even going into the third period because something just could happen as a Leafs fan. And it always does. It always does. The wheels just come falling off. It doesn't matter how much talent that we have up and down that roster is just going to come off. And that's what you feel going into that third period. The worst part, also, being a Bills fan, because, you know, Southern Ontario, four Super Bowls, first two, I thought for sure we had them. And uh, <laughs> that wide left there is like, wow, wow, Giants are walking off with the Super Bowl. That's awesome. Um, when we also have a look at uh, my wife, Joanna Church, who I've uh, married here, I married all of her <laughs> Cleveland baggage as well as a sportsdom. I mean... It is a glutton for punishment. I, I, feel, <laughs> like, I feel like that's the world. Uh, I, I, it's interesting <laughs> to me that you say that because I feel similarly because, uh, you know, last year we talked a lot during the NBA Finals and just how nervous you were with Toronto. And just not being comfortable even in game six of being like, I just feel like it's going to go sideways, right? And so... Um, I'll tell you, yeah, I'll tell you what, I, Brad. I come from that too. I'll tell you what. When, when, when the clock stopped <laughs> those few times there, <laughs> for, it was like six I mean, seconds. Like, what are we stopping for? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know we're ahead? I, I mean, I, I get that too. I grew up in the Northwest. You know, all things uh, Seattle sports for me. And that's... You know, Mariners baseball is always a letdown. And then, oh, I shouldn't say always because, you know, uh, there was this one. Here's where – this is where I rooted my fandom in uh, is early on. We were probably like 20 years old going down, uh, watching the Mariners play, and they were down six runs going into the eighth, and uh, everyone started leaving, right, because it's Seattle. It's like a Tuesday night. Right. And so everyone's got to work and everyone's cutting out. And uh, they're down six runs. They get two runs back. They give three runs back up in the bottom of the eighth or the top of the ninth. And they come at down seven. And we're, like, we're literally down to like 300 people in the stadium. 
and they mount this epic comeback, and they score eight runs in the bottom of the ninth to win this stupid game. And I think about that every time I get pissed off when I'm watching one of my teams play. Is what happens, you know, is when you shut it off when you're pissed because you know what's going to happen. We know we we absolutely know what's going to happen, right? Like we know that we're either going to be ahead by a little bit, you know. I mean, I call the Seahawks the cardiac kids because even though they've had success recently, like that hasn't always been that way. Like there's two different kinds of Seahawks fans. So the kinds of Seahawks fans that like enjoy now and are obnoxious and people get it, you know, give us a bad name. And then there's the rest of us that remember like two and 14 with Cortez Kennedy and wasting that talent. And like, and it just bleeds over. Like even like at the Super Bowl, like I expected the Patriots game to happen the way that it went, even though we had won. Like I couldn't even enjoy the first Super Bowl because I felt like it was crazy. Like, you know, like that's what we are. It's conditioned well, as fans is, you know, even yeah. watching Percy Harvin take the opening kickoff back against the Broncos, oh. I still felt like we were going to get smoked. Like well, how, about, how, about, with, how about Peyton Manning's whole entire snap there that went way yes. over him there I into the end zone? I celebrated it, but I couldn't even enjoy it. It wasn't even any good. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, I did. I mean, even like I remember uh, we watched the Atlanta-New England game, me and my brother, right, and we're very similar uh, sports-wise. And knowing they were up 24 and then – they settled for a field goal, right, to get to 24. And I looked at my brother. I was like, man, that leaves that leaves the door open for Tom. And he was like, absolutely. And they came down and scored, and he was like, here we go. And, like, we knew that was coming. Like, we just, right. we just knew it. You could sense it. You Like, when you're conditioned the way we are, when you know what loss, you, you, you can feel the tide turning, and it's the worst feeling in the world. I tell you what, where, where I, I literally – I remember watching this game in Victoria, uh, that Super Bowl there against New England. And I thought for sure they got this. And why wouldn't you run the ball with the number one running back in the NFL? I mean, I don't know. It just makes it's, sense to me. But Pete Carroll's there. Magic. I don't understand. Pete Carroll, I mean, God love Russell Wilson. I think he is probably the heart and soul of that Seahawks club. Okay. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. I mean, that is your MVP. But. But at that moment, I'm sorry, that ball should have been in Marshall Lynch's hand. I don't know what Pete Carroll was thinking. I don't well, know what he was thinking. And then he had that flabbergasted look. You're throwing Pete, a ball at the one-yard line. Why? Pete tries <laughs> Why? to get cute. Pete tries to get cute uh, often to the dismay. Most of the time it's at the end of the first half, and then we all get pissed off at that time. Um, but, that, I mean, that's just, that was the way. Like, he just, you know – Brandon Browner, hats off to him for making a play. Uh, he knew he knew that route coming out. I mean, that's just – all those things were bad. I don't know why you don't give it to Marshawn two shots in. It's Marshawn. Like Marshawn's going to get a yard on two shots. I don't care who it is. It could be the 85 Bears. He's a freaking tank. All those things. He's Marshawn Lynch has the most yards ever contact ever, I feel like. Like the first – after he came from Buffalo, he would get every run play. He would go left get hit in the backfield by somebody, shake him off and get a two-yard gain. And we're like, man, that guy has got four yards after contact. But that's crazy. I, know, I don't I know. I man. I remember uh, that game when you guys were seven and uh, seven and nine uh, against New Orleans there because you made it in with a losing yes. record. And here he is with an hey, 80-yard run. Make, listen, no one made the rules. <laughs> and he runs this thing in, 80 yards. So, And I'm just there going, he used to be a Bill. He used to be a Buffalo Bill. <laughs> or not but i i was at that game mm. Mm. with my brother uh and a couple friends of ours and uh you know i'm married to a beautiful woman and we have five beautiful children right i've had six very wonderful life events with those six people that is number seven for me because <laughs> it was so magical it happened and then to be like there with my brother and like we're like we ended up like in like locked arms and jumping crazy like we were like 15 year old kids at a concert and he scores and the whole place is crazy and i remember looking over and seeing grown men crying it was the wildest thing and so to be a part of something that created an earthquake but then but just the, the whole and that's why we love sports right i think that's what this whole thing ties together is that even in all of the letdown right there's these beautiful moments that like set the tone for us as people and who we are. And I think that's why we just keep coming back to it. It's just as terrible like poetry. As it 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just like poetry yeah. when you're seeing that poetry on the field where you just you're just in complete amazement to be watching something like that. Um, like so many great plays when you really think about it. Like what I keep thinking about is uh, uh, Eli Manning there against the Patriots. He was a Patriot killer, by the way. But oh, yeah. that, his jersey being pulled on, throwing the ball out. And Buddy there coming down with his head. Eli Manning, <laughs> Eli Manning is like the prototypical little brother. Absolutely. I, you want to punch him in the face, but he's really good at what he does. And I, I mean, I love him, Eli just for him being the Patriots because Bill Belichick's face just makes me want to throw up sometimes. Just because he's so good. I, I won't talk bad about Bill Belichick other than I just don't like him because he wins. You know what? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I want to talk something about Tom Brady a little bit later on, but yeah, yeah. right now I kind of wanted to talk about my Leafs at exit and we're talking <laughs> about condition to lose, right? So three, nothing. We're uh, first off. Okay. First off Columbus. Okay. Great hockey team coached by John Tortorella, probably the most <sighs> controversial coach in the NHL right now. I mean, he's the only coach I know that went and go challenge a fight. He was in Vancouver at that point when he went to go challenge a head coach of Calgary there to a yeah. fight because he just wasn't liking what was going on. So, I mean, Tortorella was speak his mind, the whole entire deal. You know he's a great coach, though. He's turned that team around. And nobody was giving Columbus any sort of chance to do anything because they lost number one goaltender, Bobrovsky, to Florida Panthers for $10 million. Well, I'll tell you what, they're not missing Bobrovsky at all. So here you are, you're having a look at Columbus coming in. And I, I already had that feeling, like, this is a gritty team. And we're too close in the standings. This is not going to do well in this qualifying round. I mean, we have too many pretty boys, fancy players. We have some of the top talent that is out there. But let me tell you, I mean, they, they, they sure show some grit in this series. But you want somebody like Remember Ty Domi back in the day? Yeah, you want listen, somebody that's got that grit. You I want think. a grinder. My, my uh, hockey fandom isn't as deep as yours. But here's how I judge players. Well, how much hair know, product we they won't, have we won't, we won't judge you. We won't judge you. How much hair product they have. And your team has a lot of hair product. That's all you need to know. <laughs> listen. <laughs> we, were, we were up 3 nothing. And then it went 3-1 going to the second and the third. And then to see it fall apart, the wheels fall off again to a 4-3 yeah. overtime loss, right? Yeah. When it was 3 nothing, the next game, I'm like, no, nah, this, this game's over. Five minutes left in the third, I shut it off. I wake up, all of a sudden it's 4-3. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Okay, so, the, so I was conditioned because I'm there five minutes left. This. Shut it off. Let me ask you this. Do you feel responsible for the loss because you quit on your team? Oh, no, they won. They won. I, oh, yeah. I shut That's it right. off. I right. shut it off. They won. That's right. So That's I'm, right. I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'm bad luck, right? <laughs> so I start thinking to myself, it's like, I'm, I am definitely not the rabbit's foot. Well, I would argue that you're not because you turned it off and they gave up three goals. No, they, 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 no, 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 no. Right? I turned Isn't it off. Worked? No, yeah, they, and then, they, and then, they the, ended up scoring four goals after I turned it off. Oh, they, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> they scored four goals after I turned it yeah. off in five minutes yeah. and a little bit yeah. of an overtime. That's right. That's right. You, are the, you are the rabbits. You, you are not the rabbits. Not foot. the rabbits' uh, foot. <laughs> uh, I have that same bend. This is probably the, the craziest thing that's ever happened to me, and I'm lucky I'm probably still married. Uh, playoffs, Seattle Green Bay a couple years ago. That, that epic was uh, comeback the entrance, that, the entrance to the Super Bowl there, where they lost to the Patriots. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we had we had gone to Las Vegas for a wedding, and uh, and so we're watching the game downstairs, and it's going terribly, and uh, I can't do it anymore. So we go upstairs, and uh, went to her parents' room, and we're watching the game. It's not going good, and uh, she decides she needs a phone charger, so she goes to our room. She leaves, and uh, and we get an interception, and we get a touchdown. And I, she came back, and I thought it was weird because that's how my brain works. I'm just conditioned <laughs> to those things, right? And uh, and then she went to get something. She went to get, like, some water she had left in the room. And then we did a turnover and a touchdown again. And all of a sudden, we're back in this game, and she comes back, and it starts going bad. And I go, hey, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how to say this to you. <laughs> no, you like, during a commercial. During a commercial, I go, no, you, you got to leave. Yeah, I said, you got to leave. 
Because every time you leave, we scored, and we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get there. Honey, God I love you. I love you. You gotta go. Yeah, I go. Hey, uh, uh, every time you leave, we score. And she was like, "Are you asking me to leave?" And I said, "I'm not asking you to leave. I'm just telling you what happens when you do." And so she. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you worded it that way, Brad. I mean, yeah, she she graciously left, and her and her mom walked the hallways of the MGM uh, while we had the most epic comeback of all sports, and then you know. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm, I made it up to her. I'm going to thank Nikki there for that, for leaving, because I really wanted them to be Green Bay that year. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so did I. I needed it. I needed it. It was uh, tone for the whole week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But well, here we are now. Is, right? So, Columbus, like I said, epic team. They're right now in a dogfight with uh, Tampa, who they, they swept last year. Nobody gave them a chance. Tampa was like the golden child to win the Stanley yeah. Cup last year. Exited in the first round by Columbus, four straight. So what, is, what do they do? Like after that fifth game where we can't score a goal, we're shooting 30-something shots on Corpus Allo. He looks like a freaking wizard. What do they do there to follow that up against Tampa? Just play almost two and a half games to uh, figure out what was happening. He sets a record, 85 saves in a, in a playoff game. Kelly Rudy held that up until 19, like from 1987 until now. You think about that, right? Kelly Rudy. And I remember that game when I was a kid because yeah. it was just like it was a school time and I have to go back to school. It's like, this game's still going? What? What is yeah. going on here? Meanwhile, here we are looking at this. This guy standing on his head for two and a half games. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, that's the reason right there that we're not in the playoffs. That's the reason why we're exited is this guy. <laughs> and everybody is saying they don't have a chance. Meanwhile, every single Ohio person there, I don't care, Cleveland. I mean, there's, there's some people. I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to paint the brush across everybody. But I'm going to make a gamble that the greater population of Ohio don't even know that they have an NHL team. And they have a good NHL team. <laughs> and here they are knocking off one of the original six, some of the craziest fans, Toronto Maple Leafs fans, it doesn't matter if we're there at the stadium or not. And, and that was the other thing I said, too, when we came back. Because if we had fans in there, yeah. in that place, yeah. no way we're coming back. Yep. No That's way. That's the most fascinating thing about 2020 sports, right, is that the home field advantage is nil, right? There, there isn't one. I, I love this bubble stuff. I love yeah, this bubble. I, I am watching yep. a great – like, these guys are out there grinding it. Like, they're playing playoff yeah. hockey. With no fans, nobody in there. NBA's there rocking it, going crazy. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it. I mean, these guys are playing at high competitive levels without yeah. that, that feed from the crowd. And let me tell you something. I, I think that anybody that's into anything when it comes to sports, entertainment, anything like that, you want to hear that. But these guys are professionals. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, I'm, Absolutely. I take my hats off to them. I take my hats off to them. Yeah, it's been interesting. You know, one of the things that I like to watch uh, every couple of years is I go back and I watch uh, some of the Dream Team scrimmage that you can find on YouTube or, uh, you know, the, like the Olympic team. Like, those guys go at it, like, hard, right? They're, they're yeah. in it uh, with no fans, really, like, you know, all those things. And it's the same kind of thing now, right, what you're seeing. Like, you're seeing guys that are, like, conditioned to go, you know, like uh, and just guys showing up. Like, look at what Devin Booker's been able to do in the NBA or – or uh, on a smaller level, like Gary Trent Jr. from the from the Trailblazers. Like Gary, I watch a lot of Portland basketball because you know with my Sonics being stolen. And um, I take it you're watching tonight, to... then, eh? You're watching tonight. Uh, yeah, why wouldn't I? That's just because the thing. I'm almost. Pl- I'm almost there. I'm almost. It's there that play-in game, right? Isn't that that one game that they have to play yeah. in order to figure out who's going to the playoffs between the Grizzlies yep. and uh, the Trailblazers? Yep, yep they got to get it, and uh, the Grizzlies got to win twice. And I, if you're going to bet against Dame Lillard, then you just go ahead and call me. I'll take whatever money sick. you want to give me. Yeah, that boy sick. is that boy is on something. Uh, every time I see him live, he's he's just another level. And so, um, you know, but that's just the thing. Like some of these guys, they took that out, you know, and they worked real hard, and you're seeing it show up. And I, we're probably seeing some of the best sports around right now. Um, oh, absolutely. Either that, or we're all just so conditioned to being locked in our houses that we'll just take whatever we get. I'm not sure which it is, but well, I don't know. I don't uh, know what you're doing to, through COVID, but I mean. Um, I was doing some like sweeping, uh, vacuuming. <laughs> it was there was a lot of that going on. Yeah. Um, there's did you, nothing. Put your apron on to wash some dishes. 
I, yeah, buddy, yeah. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> I did do pots and pans. Yeah, it was <laughs> So let me tell you something. When sports came back, I'm like, I mean, uh, it was kind of creepy watching Major League Baseball with the little cutouts of people, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I remember the first the first time I thought I could get behind it was uh, the first UFC that was live, and you could hear the fighters talking to each other, and you could hear the corners really well. I thought, man, this is the better product. Like, I mean, there's, there's something the about the crowd, right? And there's something about all those things, but, man, being able to hear – uh, the conversations from the actual field or the court or the ice, whatever it is, right? Like there's, there's something to that that I think is special. You know, what's I'm interesting that you it. say that, you know, when I, I it's a thought just came to my head right now is uh, WWE, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, such a polished thing, really, when you look at it now. It's not like for back in the 80s, you know, when we used to watch. It's pretty much a polished product. Like they right, got right, it down right. to a science, you know what I mean? Um, and... They had nobody there. And then recently they started putting that next level talent, like, you know, the, the people that will be coming up in the future out there with their masks on, smacking on the glass. But you made a new champion at WrestleMania, and this poor guy is not getting the push because he's not getting the pop, you know, that Drew McIntyre there. Um, he's just not getting the pop. And, and, and I hate oh. to say it, but when I watch the WWE, I'm kind of like, Lately, I've been I've been liking a couple of things, but there's some things that just drops because you need that crowd there. I mean, the WWE, yeah. you need the crowd. Yeah. AEW, well, because it's it's a it's a it's not the same, right? I mean, we can say it's a sport because it's absolutely like very physical and all those things, but it's more concert than it is sport. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And no, like, no, no, I totally no, agree with you. I'll watch an acoustic set of somebody right now that's running it live from wherever they are, but I'm not going to watch a full-on concert with no fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're no, not, right? Like, yeah. we, you can take whoever it is, right? Like, you love Rush, right? That's the thing. Love Rush. You know, if Rush, if Rush was going to play a small – Rest in peace, Neil Peart. They're yeah. going to play a small set somewhere, right, if that was possible. You, you would watch it because it would be toned down. It would be those things that would be the big grand show. But you wouldn't watch a grand show. Right, that with no one in the stands, like it just feels weird, right? Like, who are you performing for? This no, absolutely, weird. absolutely. But I mean, you, you would think though, in, in the professional, even though they're like, especially with NHL and uh, Major League Baseball and um, basketball, NBA right now, that uh, they're 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 bringing in, they're canning that uh, audience yeah. Uh, stuff, yeah. which is great. I mean, Man. I I love it. I it I love is. it. It is. But there's still nobody Listen. there. I really want – I wanted to fight somebody last night because I was watching uh, that end game, the Sixers and the Rockets. Right. And whoever was running the sound for – whoever was playing it, it, was, it had to have been the Rockets sound guy playing it for the, them. Man, they were playing the most obnoxious noises at the wrong times. Like, they were trying to, like, create uh, angst and frustration when they're – like, I was just like, man, you're like, why are you booing right now? Like, it's in the first quarter. Like <laughs> – no one's no one's upset at this. You know what I mean? Like, come on now, like booing a foul in the first quarter. It wasn't even that hard. I was like, oh, you guys are terrible. James Harden probably had him tuned up to it. Uh, <laughs> Listen, man. Right now, I'm really impressed with my Raptors. I mean, uh, their record yeah. in the bubble and record going in is re- nobody gave them a chance after Kawhi Leonard. Nobody gave him a chance. Yeah. Second round, yeah. we're supposed to be eliminated. This team, you know what? I said condition to lose. Raptors are one of those teams, too, because Cleveland was a bane in their existence. I mean, I don't know how many times they went up against Cleveland. We just could not get past one man. Literally one man we couldn't get past. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, granted, he did switch to a different conference. I'll give him that. But <laughs> I'll give wow. you that. But wow. the thing is, though, we had one player that came over here. You know who he is. Uh, I have mad respect for Kawhi Leonard. Came over here on a trade. All right. Didn't sit there and pull an Alonzo morning. Like, I'm not playing for the Raptors. Didn't pull anything like that. Said, I'll come out there. I'll play. He gave it his all. And he rubbed off that excellence on every single player. Yeah. You see it. I mean, yeah. Kyle Lowry, I was like, whatever, Kyle Lowry. That man this season is playing lights out yeah. basketball. Serge Ibaka, lights out basketball. And I'm telling you, sometimes one player – that's been to that promised land. That's all you need is one guy yeah. to sit there and show yeah. you how to get there and let it rub off on you. 
you know? Yep. Yeah, I think I I would have said going into that deal, I wouldn't have said Kawhi was a leader. Right? You wouldn't um, you wouldn't have, yeah. You wouldn't have said that. And then I think you, what you see now is Kyle Lowry, uh, who he was in college. I think this is what we expected him to be as a pro. And then I think he came into the backseat to DeMar, um, you know, and then what you're seeing him kind of coming to his own. And it, it's really a beautiful thing to watch. I, I think they're probably the sleeper. I, I hate to say sleeper, but. No, no, uh, I understand what you're they, saying. They, they though, just yeah. don't, they don't get the hype in the East. But I think, man, from a top to bottom squad, I, I don't know who in the East is going to mess with them. In I mean, besides series, the Bucks, I don't know. Yeah, besides the Bucks, maybe I mean, the Bucks. That's that's going to be a legit series there. But the, yeah, it will be. It'll be a fun series to watch from a pure basketball standpoint. But what matters is when the heat is on, right? When we're down in the last three minutes of a close game, where does Giannis go? When it matters. Like, that's, that's the question. edge. Gian, Giannis needs somebody like a Kawhi to come in that has a little bit of championship blood in him to teach him how to get there. Because if you watch him, that's what happens, right? Like, He's great in the regular season, but when that pressure's on in the last three minutes, like I don't like, you see it right. The pat it throws the ball out of bounds. Or that is that is a great question. That is a yeah, great he's, question. He's up top. I think that's going to be the thing. I mean, that's what I'm fascinated to watch. I think that the West, the West is deep, right? The West is you know, you can argue all day oh, come about on. Lakers, how, Clippers. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is it is deep. We think up and down. Yeah. And then, like, the next tier is even crazier, right? I mean, Utah is who they are. Denver, when they're healthy, is, like, they're a solid team. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Portland, if Portland gets in today, right, like, that's the most talented eight seed you've ever seen because they had they had two stars out. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, I, I hear you. Injuries. I hear you. Like, Lillard, Lillard was out for a little bit there, too. I mean. They're, yeah, they all were kind of yeah. out. You know, you got C.J. McCollum playing with the fracture back, all that. But, yeah. you know, the, the West is stacked, which I think even opens it up more even for the East. They usually hate that argument, right? But, like, the, it's such a gauntlet in the West. You know, oh, if absolutely. the Raptors can go in and take care of business or whoever, whoever's going to come out of the East, if they can go and handle their business and they can shorten those series out, they can close out four or five games, maybe six, you know, like they're going to be sitting, resting, waiting on this other team to get through. Like this is yeah. that's how it's gonna work, and that that just bodes well for them, right? So, I gotta be uh, I gotta be honest with you. To watch. Like right now, I think right now the Raptors line up with uh, the Nets in the first round, and yeah. historically we haven't had good uh, good outcomes with the Nets. Yeah, and I mean Kyrie Irving is still there. You know, he's still he's still talented. Um. I just wonder not, what kind of Raptors team playing. we're going to see. But not It's playing. true. It's true. It's true. It's true. There's no Kevin Durant. Well, no, he's injured. You're absolutely this right. Is not both like those those two guys playing drastically changed that, right? Like that's yeah. the other conversation. But I think going into it, you know, like what Brooklyn does well, I think Toronto can counter. I think that you're right in saying typically no. But I think right now, given what the bench is, and you know that all those guys opt out. Uh, as much as I love Jamal Crawford, like Jamal Crawford was like their transaction. Jamal didn't play all year, right, so right. I think they're they're down. I, I think five or six guys from the regular season for this bubble team, and so I think yeah. that you know it's the same argument for the Bucks when the rubber meets the road. I don't know what they have. I n- I know what Toronto has um, from experience, right? And so uh, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. That'll be that'll be the games. You know, that's they the gotta just spell them quick. Like, that's the worst part. Like, um, <laughs> no, no, seriously. Because, like, last season, nobody knew about the Raptors. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to tell you, like, yeah. my, you know, like, my cousin was sitting out there in Orlando when, when the Raptors were playing Orlando in the first round. And he's overhearing, he's overhearing this uh, father and son that's sitting in this restaurant. And they're going, the Toronto Raptors, where are they from? And they go, oh, it's a small market team, the dad says to him. Small market? We're six million, man. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about, small market? Well, but well, I understand I, because in, know, in, in, in America, deal. we're nothing. We're nothing to all everything that's out there in the U.S. of A. I understand that we don't. I mean, we 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 had been sanity that brought us onto the map. You know what I mean? But I mean, ever since then, I mean, nobody was looking at our team. Nobody yeah. was. So yeah. we knew what we had. We knew what we had, but nobody else did. And I, I loved it. I loved blame it. Blame Buffalo. You should blame Buffalo for how we view Toronto. <laughs> Listen, Buffalo is the tr- land. I used to say it all the time. I haven't been down there in a long time. I might be getting this wrong. 
please, people in Buffalo, do not be upset with me. But I used to call it the land trapped in the 80s. They're going to be upset. They're going to be upset. <laughs> right. Retro's in. Retro's in. Right now. <laughs> so I'm a huge Bills fan. Huge Bills fan. Um, I think this year. Bills Mafia for you. Oh, man. We have Listen, a chance yeah. this year. We have a chance this year, man. There's no Tom well, Terrific in New England. Yeah. I, if you think Josh Allen is the answer to quarterback, then I guess that's one thing to think about. But Come on, man. Stephon, got Stephon, Stephon Diggs. Diggs. Yeah. yeah, you'll be good. He's got someone to throw to now. Hey, if and our running, back, our running back last season, rookie, uh, yeah. right now, Singleton. Singletary. 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 Yeah. Man, that guy was great. That guy was great last yeah. season. Great. Yeah, till the hammy got him, right? Just up to the hamstring. Oh, I mean, Hamstrings are killers. You know, yeah, yeah. It's too cold for him. I don't know him. what to say about that. <laughs> well, that's, but that's your luck, right? That's your team's luck. You guys get a stud and he pulls a hamstring. Buddy, you know what's so funny about this, though, is uh, you could win NBA championship and still not have a team. <laughs> I know. Tell me all about it. It's been uh, it's been twelve years, twelve long and dry years. Can't even believe like, that. I can't even believe that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like twelve years ago, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. One of the biggest markets, and here we are, right? But yeah, you know, don't, don't get me started. It's too early on a Saturday. You get bad blood going. <laughs> go throw um, a rock to a, go throw a rock to a Starbucks window or something at the end of this thing. I still, I still keep thinking about your poor 2001 Seattle Mariners. 116 yeah. victories. Man, oh, you get through in five games through the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. You're losing five games to the New York Yankees. I mean, damn Yankees. Damn you Yankees. Had a, look at that lineup, man. John Olerud. Ichiro Suzuki's first season. Randy Johnson on the mound. Jay Buhner. Dude, that team was set. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, it was Seattle's what happened. That's, that's how it goes. <laughs> that was the beginning of it. <laughs> you know, we hadn't had any success since 96 with the, with, uh, the Sox going to the finals. And, you know, we'd gone through a bunch of garbage. and yeah, we, That was it. That just ended up being terrible for everybody. But I feel, know, I feel like I struck a nerve there. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Don't be sorry. <laughs> that was my Canadian coming out. I'm sorry. Oh, yet again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I got uh, if anybody, for anybody listening to just understand I, I live about an hour south of the Canadian border, so I'm well versed in uh, all things Canadian. I even get Canadian TV, much to Sean's surprise. So I know. I was asking him the other day, I go, do you get the CBC? CBC, <laughs> CBC for life, baby. I grew up on that. We grew up with three channels in my house. We had four or five and CBC. So, so you were all up on the beachcombers growing up? Probably not. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, listen, yeah. When, the president was on, when the president was on, we had nothing else to watch. We just put on CBC and watch whatever was going on. That worked. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the thing hey. is, the thing is, is um you know like this year 60 games for major league baseball it's not even enough to even really get a sample sizing of what your season could be um but i'm just glad to have baseball i i gotta be honest with you every single american team is able to play there blue jays because ottawa said no uh they're playing in buffalo <laughs> they're playing uh in the triple a area where yeah. buffalo bisons would be playing but still we have baseball we have hockey yeah. playoffs going on we have NBA going on. Football is right around the corner. I it's, mean, it's it a great time. I don't, it is a fantastic time. I don't know if you saw this story or not, but did you see about the little undrafted cornerback Seattle Seahawks had that they had to cut uh, two days ago? No, brother. No, no, no. Uh, apparently, they're all sequestered in the hotel, you know, in the bubble, trying to you know get through so they can play games. And uh, he thought he could get his girlfriend some team gear. And dress her up, and she could squeeze by security as a player. So, uh, <laughs> okay, I gotta, so I gotta he, be honest because last week I heard Antonio Brown goes out and he starts saying, "I'm retired, I'm retired." Yeah. Then all of a sudden he's coming back and saying, "Well, nobody wants to get, get me in a, on a team, right?" Then I heard Pete Carroll's talking about, hmm, "Let's uh, let's go after Antonio Brown. What's going on there?" I mean, I think AB makes it better. I think, you know, Pete's track record of having in people that, 
maybe have questionable off the field personality things going on, right? Like AB has right now. But like you can't argue he's a talent, right? And Pete feels like he, the locker room set up in such a way with the leadership that they can really handle that situation and go. And so yeah, I'm, I'm for it. I'd love to see it. I mean, I think you put DK and AB and uh, lock it all in that thing and, and run them out. Like, I don't know what you're going to do. Chris Carson is going to have a field day. Give all those all those weapons to Russell. Um, you know, I'm all for it. But that's where we are. So it'd be the last half of the season. when I mean, We know that, right? I think that's always kind of what's been the catch is how long could he play? So yeah. we know now it's eight games, and um, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, if he's a week two addition, right? Because anyone signed after week one's a non guaranteed deal, and right. so that that's probably. I feel like that's probably the move for them, right? Is bring him in week two, let him have seven weeks of you know playbook and all that kind of stuff. You're ready to go. So I, I'm all for it. I think uh, you know this team can handle it. I don't think it's a distraction. I think we make it work, but it'll go. Um, interesting interesting yeah okay so now's a little uh let's play a little one-on-one we'll play a little all one-on-one right. all right i like okay. i like a little one-on-one yeah let's get there so uh let's talk about uh this mike tyson fight and i know that's high on your <laughs> list of things to do listen i'm not crazy. laughing i'm i mean honestly i mean to me to me you're not laughing because you don't want mike to punch you in the face like Mike's hey man i'm not standing there you're absolutely right. I'm not standing there and taking a punch from Mike Tyson. Absolutely not. No. I mean, there's no amount of money that's out there for me to say, yeah, let me let me have my jaw busted up and uh, waking up in the hospital. No. no, absolutely not. But I do wonder, like, how old is too old? I mean, November 28th, because it was supposed to be originally doing, I think, September 12th. And November 28th, because I want to attract more attention to this, Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., who, by the way, Tyson's 54, Roy Jones Jr. is 51. They're, they're, they're both over 50. They're going to be facing each other. And to me, it's like a live rendition of De Niro's and Stallone's grudge match movie, you know? It's, 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 it's like, man, this, this would have been great 20 years ago. But I've been watching the stuff that's coming out of Tyson's camp. And Tyson yeah. looks like a beast. He's yeah. a beast. Roy Jones Jr., you know the way that that man's fighting and he trains. If he's training anywhere as half as seriously as Tyson, this could be a great match. I, I'm surprised to be even saying this because they're so ancient. But yet, modern science is making us more competitive. We're able to play things. Look, 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 at, Tom, look at Tom Brady, 40. How old is he now? 40 what? 43, I think, something like that. 43? He's playing professional yeah. football. I mean, it's unheard of. Chris Chelios played till he was 45. At a high, at a high level. At I'm a high level. A high You're level. absolutely correct. So here's these two guys, 54, 51. I remember Dana White saying, Tyson, no way I'm going to be promoting any fights for you. I don't want to see this happen. Yeah. You look great, but. You know, you look great, but. Uh, there was a few fighters, like I think Tito Ortiz came out of the woodworks, like, you know, like, hey, and then it just yeah. went away. And then a couple of uh, rugby players turned boxer, wanted to do this. To me, Roy Jones Jr. is probably the best candidate for this fight. Yeah. yeah. But in reality... I was always, I'd watch it. Absolutely. But where, where do we see, where do we see this actually coming? I mean, whoever wins this, where do they go from there? That's my question to you, Brad. George Foreman. They bring George Foreman off the mat. And, uh... <laughs> on, He's got that money from the Foreman grills. He ain't coming back. <laughs> He's got all them, got all them kids. Dude. He's got a bunch of legs to pay for. Um, nah, yeah, I don't, I, don't know that, I don't know if there's an answer to that. I don't know if, it's, uh, if this is a grab. Like I, you know, I feels like, uh, it feels a bit uh, Pacquiao Mayweather to me, right? Where like, it's so late in that oh. game. That you're looking at just the ticket sale, right? You're looking at a gate grab, um, which I mean, I'm here for it to be honest with you. And if it's a good product, I watch the second one too because, you know, I'm just here to be entertained. That I mean, that's the culture we live in, right? And so, let me ask you uh, something. Let me ask you something. What do you think of Randy Couture and Tyson or Roy Jones going at it? Uh, this is off the top top of my head. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel like it's rough because I don't know if Randy can stand in there with them boys. It would have to be what the rules are, right? That just depends. This is different disciplines. True, true. Right? Like I think I think Randy shoots and can get in on uh, on them guys, but you know if they catch him on the way in. Like I don't know what Randy's got. I know Randy's got a chin, but I don't know if Randy's got a Mike Tyson chin. 
you know. And have, <laughs> well, do you remember? Do you remember that fight with James? Uh, James Tony, James Tony, that came yeah. in there. Yeah, but James Tony is not. Yeah, James Tony is not Mike Tyson. You're absolutely correct. I mean, he's got he's got juice. Like I don't want him to hit me either, but uh, <laughs> you know, got Mike Tyson juice. I, mean, I saw that video pop up like a month ago uh, on social media of Mike Tyson training. He was hitting in body shots, and I was like, no, I, no, no, I no. And, and you know, you know what, you know what I can't stand is like uh, I've been hearing all these like you know the the internet trolls coming out there and going, oh, it's this is sped up. It's obviously sped up. Look at the way uh, the guy is there yeah. moving. They sped this up. It's like, brother, that's not sped up. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I've seen Jet Li movies sped up. I've seen Bruce Lee movies. No, Bruce Lee, not so much sped up. (laughs) Jet Li, actually, not so much sped up. Well, you've seen James Bond movies sped up. You know know when you're watching something. Yeah. Yeah. We're all conditioned to see it. Ain't no sped up. If I, I just would say I let them hope them to get signed up in front of Tyson. You can just show them how sped up it is. Buddy, I'm going to be 48 coming up, okay? And all I'm thinking to myself is, like, that looks like hard work. <laughs> it looks like real work, right? But I guess if you love it, you know, it's just a thing, right, if you love it. Uh, speaking of the old guys, uh, Daniel Cormier is going to fight, right? We're calling it this trilogy. Uh, and I thought it was interesting to me that he said uh, in his press conference that this is the only fight he wanted because he felt like it cements his legacy as the greatest heavyweight. And uh, – I want to know what you think about that based off of, you know, the John Jones uh, yep. back and forth and all those mm-hmm. things. Uh, and is, is this really the end for DC? I think it is. I think it is. I mean, um, John Jones basically is, is not in the UFC right now. So there's no way that they can make it a possible fight for that to happen. Right. Um, John Jones coming to heavyweight, that would be something. Um, I got to be honest with you, though. As far as heavyweights are concerned, yeah, probably is going to go down as probably one of the best, if not the best. I mean, unbelievable. And as far as top 10 fighters of all time, pound for pound, you have to call him in there. You have to say he's up there, probably in that top five. Two titles, like two two weight categories, you you have to, you have to. But then Dana White said something very, I mean, and, and... I got no problem. I mean, you know what I mean? Dana White watches UFC all the time. He gets to see all this talent. But to, to sit there and say in the same breath that he's going to be going down almost as the same as George St. Pierre, I, I, I just don't see that. Because George St. Pierre, every person that he lost to, he came back and demolished. And there's only two yeah. people he lost to. Two. Two. And he demolished them both. Okay? Where it took Cormier, him a while to get the, It took him a while to get to Matt Hughes, though. I mean... Oh, it did. It did. And it took him. He had, he had to go the long way around as well uh, for, uh, I can't even remember his name. I mean, he trains. He's, he's a trainer now. Um, Matt Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> it, took, it took him a little Listen. while to get around on that one too. But I hate to say it, George St. Pierre is something mythical. To come back and, and then fight Michael Bisbing, it's mythical. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Daniel Cormier, absolutely a great talent. Is he in the same breath? Does he deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as George St. Pierre? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I think, man, it's almost like it's two different worlds, right? I think like the, the UFC George St. Pierre is different uh, than the UFC that Dan Cormier is in now, right? I think that's where it gets murky for me, right? It's, it's a bit where you talk about you know, Major League Baseball Hall of Famers from the 50s and 60s uh, versus today's guys, right? And so um, I think I they're both top you. 10 talents. I think they're both yeah. top 10 talents. My my thing with uh, Cormier is I'm wondering about him saying he has to cement his legacy by beating, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Why Steve am I his name? Is. Yeah, But for the trilogy, but I feel like, I mean – He's, he, he, that cements his legacy, but not getting back in with John Jones one last time, that doesn't cement his legacy. Like, I always feel like that's going to be the hang, right? Like, that he, he's leaving the door open for people to argue what his legacy is by not taking that fight. And, like, I'm yeah. not saying John Jones hadn't pissed away his career, right? Or whatever you want to say. Like, How John many times is who John can you give is. that man? Yeah, he, that man had right? enough chances. He had plenty it's of chances. Crazy, super talented. crazy talented as he is, mm-hmm. right? And, and the fact that he can, you know, take a break from training on his birthday and go out and party and still come in and whip his ass. 
Like, I feel like you can't, you can't talk about you're the greatest of all time and have that hanging out there. Like, you got to handle both those things. But uh, no, I hear you. Know, Dan, I hear you. I totally agree with that as know, well because that's, that's, that's something that's going to be there that you never beat this man. You never yeah. beat this man, you yeah. know? Even, yeah, you talk about all he wanted about whatever he was doing, but uh, at the end of the day, right? That's just but how it I, went. You know, you, know, you know what I feel sorry for, though? is Stipe. Because nobody's talking about Stipe. They're all talking about Daniel Cormier. Stipe Biocic, let me tell you something. I remember that when he won the championship the first time, I had no idea that he knocked out uh, the old champion there. Why can't I think of his name right now? Uh, Fabrizio Verdum. Fabrizio Verdum. Fabrizio looks like an animal. He's a monster. (laughs) Dude, he, he touched him, and he yeah. went down. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. That man's got cement. And and you know he still, I believe, works as a firefighter in uh, yeah. Ohio, uh, just on the suburbs of Cleveland there. I can't think yeah. of it where it is there. That that is, that is a working man. Of course, my wife is cheering for Stipe. Yeah. I'm kind as of – she I'm, should be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in – I'm in the middle. I, I don't care really who wins. Well, I just want a good I'm fight. Built, I'm built more like Daniel Cormier, so I'm going to pull for the fat guy. That's just <laughs> how I feel okay. Question for you. Yeah. Uh, Habib Mergelamagnoff. I can't even say his name yeah. properly. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. That, yeah. that monster wrestles bears. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, he's uh, his father just passed away uh, in July from uh, COVID nineteen complications. Um, he just did a huge interview about obviously Justin Gaethje. He has to fight him, right? Like that's his next yeah. title defense. That's happening. October 24th. Um, people are talking about Conor McGregor. He said he has to go through Dustin Poirier. But he said that he will fight George St. Pierre anytime, anyplace after this Gaethje fight. He will fight him because he said that was one of the fights that his father wanted to see was him and, and, and uh, George St. Pierre. Plus, both of them, George St. Pierre is undefeated since 2007. And... Habib is undefeated 2008 up till now, currently. Yeah. Uh, George St. Pierre is going to be 40 coming up. Habib is right in the prime of his uh, career. I mean, it could be a catchweight fight. Do you think this is a fight that should be hyped? Well, I think it's a fight that should be hyped. It just depends on how bad George wants it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, you know. I mean, if he wants to get in and mix it and go, um, you know, only he knows where his head is, right? I mean, I think that's the thing. I think if, you know, George is, uh, thinks about it and wants to give the kid a fight, you know, in a way to honor his father, I think that's something. You know, I, I think that uh, it's hard for George to win that fight uh, in the public opinion, right, because everyone's going to be pulling for Khabib, uh trying to honor his dad, you know, all those things, right? So George is a little behind the gun. But we know George likes that, right, where he's not the bad guy, but he's not being rooted for. Like, that's a good yeah. George St. Pierre. I like that George. The I, George, the George yeah. that feels like he's being disrespected and counted out, like, that's a, that's a good George. Uh, and so, I mean, I think, I mean, really, you know, George keeps himself in phenomenal shape, right? We've all seen him. We know that's how he's wired. And so I think uh, – you know, it'd be, it'd be probably one of the fights of the year, if not the fight of the year, to be honest with you, I think. You know, Uncle Dana, if you're listening, man, let's yeah, get this thing yeah, together. I totally hear that because to me, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, he is a consummate professional, George St. Pierre. Habib is a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. To me, it's one of those fights that has to happen. Like, not yeah. should it happen. It has to happen. Yeah. Well, they um, both want to talk about how good they are on the ground. Like, let's see it. Like, that's exactly there's it. To, there's, one, there's one way to figure it out, and this is the way to do it. Let's go. You know, and we are talking about really two of the guys that were probably the best ground and pound and ground executioners as far as that's concerned. Um, and, and the thing is, that here's, here's the other thing, too, about George St. Pierre, is that I, I understand what you're saying. And I have to say this about Habib as well, because I'm sure that H- Habib has got all of Russia going for him. Oh, yeah. George has got all of Canada going for him. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, like a million. It's like a 36 million. 
right? It's the same thing with the Blue Jays. Same thing with the Raptors. Like, I mean, start on the Blue Jays. <laughs> you know it too, because we come only, to Safeco. Yep. <laughs> we in, travel in, in numbers. Yeah, they're down here for that. Oh man! Time I hate going. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, but you're right. I mean, that's just the move, right? Like uh, both those guys have these nations behind them. I think that uh, fans of the sport want to see, even casual fans, right? Both those they know those names, and I think that gets the draw. It's gonna be interesting to see, you know, where Dana takes it. To be honest with you, it wouldn't be surprised me if we find out later that they're talking about it because, um, you know, it's you know, you know, Dana loves good fights. It's, Absolutely, it's the opportunity, right? And now, now is the time. You know, Dana's never had a better hold on the market than he does right now with the ESPN and this, you know, being one of the first live uh, events to keep us through this pandemic. You know, like the hype for the UFC is as big as it's been since we started watching it, you know, back in the late nineties. Right. So, um, yeah. I'm one of those guys from the first UFC when there was like no rules, no weights, (laughs) no weight categories. It was just, Hey, sumo versus Taekwondo (laughs) go. I knew knew enough. I knew enough to be pissed off when John McCain was talking shit about it. I remember that. It was like, Hey, you don't know nothing about this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, Hey, uh, I think let's wrap this thing up. Let's get it out. Uh, you know, folks, we appreciate your lives and ears and sharing a beer with us. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, guys.beer.sports. And uh, we'll be back soon. We'll talk to you guys. Sean, Absolutely. Please follow us. Always a pleasure. And listen, no matter what, from the East Coast to the West Coast, let's just keep on going on about sports, okay? Yep. You've listened to the podcast. But now it's time to visit us in our virtual sports bar. Like us on Facebook at Guys Beer Sports Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at guys.beer.sports. When you do this, watch for live conversations with Brad and Sean that happen throughout the week where you can join in with your favorite local beer. You can share your thoughts in the conversation comments with your own uploaded videos, or as a guest live commentator. The GBS Virtual Sports Bar is open for business. Come on in, boys and girls.